everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rashpixel.fm. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, Pete Wright. Hi, Nikki. There's a little bit of a pause there. I was distracted. <laughs> I was looking That's at something. Right. Sorry. <laughs> I was looking at something? I don't need to know why you were distracted, Nikki. I know. That just makes me feel bad. It makes you feel bad. I should yeah. be the one feeling bad. No, that I wasn't engaging enough for you to pay attention to me oh. at all times. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> it's See? Just sort of like when You're you digging hear something, it in now. There's I, the shiv. When you hear something over and over again, it's like, yeah, there's Pete talking. <laughs> I'm going to keep reading what I'm reading. I, uh, we, we rescheduled because I was super sick last week. Thank you for that. I'm sorry. This may be coming out a little bit late for everybody. I had pneumonia. Not only for the first time, but this is like, what, the second or third time? No, fourth. Fourth? fourth. Oh, my no, gosh. No, chalk it up. It was tough, but I'm, I'm, I'd say 85% today. 80, it's been about three weeks now. I'm about Ugh. 85%. I'm, I'm, I'm all right. If I, if I, you know, if I fall off the call, it's because I'm in a coughing fit. That's right. So bear, bear with me. We're going to talk about systems today. I'm pretty excited about yes, this. Yes, I uh, am too. You know, how, you know how I get when we talk about systems. Getting a little how, hot how under the collar. <laughs> hot under the collar, right? Is it, is it hot and sweaty in here, or is that just me? Uh, on a soapbox. Before, yeah. before we uh, dig in, head over to TakeControlADHD.com and get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website. You can subscribe to our mailing list right there on the homepage and get an email when the latest episode hits each week. Of course, you can connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at TakeControlADHD and call us. Leave us a voicemail, 503-664-4ADD. Get your voice or your thoughts or questions on this show we love it when those voicemails come in and you know we don't mention this often probably not often enough but if you're looking for a way to support the show head over to itunes and leave us a kind review those five-star reviews actually help others find the show when they're looking for adhd support so this is a way for you to pay it forward with just a minute of your attention we deeply appreciate that any other news we have this week Let's see. Well, if you are listening to this now, like this week, uh, my <laughs> small group coaching enrollment ends on Thursday. Now, if you're listening to this in the future, then I suggest going onto the website and checking out when the next group coaching enrollment is open. So there you That's go. Right. That's right. So all. as we record this, it's the, this show is going to hit tomorrow. That's the 11th, which means you only have two days Yes. To jump into that group coaching course. So yes. so do that quick. If it's before the 13th, go ahead and get your name Come on Come join us. But join if, the club. If, if it is past that, that's okay because I still, um, you know, you can get up on the, or get on to, see, I'm so distracted today. I'm not even speaking <laughs> right. Uh, you can get onto the waiting list for the next one. Yeah. Yes, you can do Excellent. that. You should do that. You should absolutely mm -hmm. do that. Thank you, everybody, for checking that out. Okay, let's talk about some systems, shall we? Yeah. Marina Marina Darlow is an engineer by training, but she quit the big company job on a quest for inspiration, and she founded her company, Vision Framework, and this is what she says about it. I love this. It's a company that builds small, purpose-driven businesses from the inside, helping heart-centered entrepreneurs run their companies with ease by putting effective, easy-to-use, and fun systems in place. Marina Darlow, welcome to the ADHD podcast. Thanks for having me. You're a fun crowd to hang out with. <laughs> <laughs> We're a little cuckoo. <laughs> a little all over oh, the place today. Oh, yeah. That's why I chose to hang out with you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's very kind. Uh, well, I, I got I want to hear more about this heart-centered thing before we dig into this. What yeah. is it about heart-centered entrepreneurs that drives you? It's a great question because uh, sometimes I do get this weird gaze when I say heart-centered. Um, 
I think the best way to describe it would be people who founded their businesses in order to make more than money, even more than, you know, get independence. It's the people who genuinely want to make an impact for the better. When I say that I want to support the heart-centered people, what I mean are the people who truly, genuinely care about others. People who, in their daily work, make very tangible impacts on the people around them, be it online, be it, you know, in the physical world. Now, I know systems. That's what I know. That's what I do. Uh, so that's how I chose to support the visionaries that come to me. Well, I love that. It really connected with me. I'll, I'll never forget working with a client. I was working on a video project with a client and, and uh, it, you know, we sat down to do a little bit of an introspective uh, work. And this is a CEO of a, a fairly large company. I mean, you know, 300 employees worldwide. They have a, uh, they have an impact on in, you know, e-commerce. And, and uh, I asked him, you know, why, why do you do the work that you do? And uh, he said, man, I'm an entrepreneur. I start businesses. And just stopped right there, and I realized right there uh, he didn't really, uh, didn't really care about the product. Right, he didn't didn't had to work to find a reason to care about the product. He what he what he cared about was building profitable businesses, and and I found it. So when I read your uh, read your your mission there, that heart centered thing really, uh, I I really resonate with that. I think that's a really nice way to nice way to build your own business. I Thank agree. you. Oh, I was just gonna say. I mean, I I. I feel very strongly that I'm a heart-centered entrepreneur uh, with the work that I do. And, you know, I just came back from uh, vacation and I was telling my husband, I am so grateful that I do the work that I do because I was not dreading to come back. Like I was excited. I was like, I could see the shift when it was Sunday and I was traveling home from being on vacation to, okay, what's coming up this week? You know, and that's huge. I think just in quality of life that you can be really excited and energized by your work. I could not agree more. That's excellent. Uh, let's uh, let's pivot a little bit and talk about some of the uh, some some of the ADHD stuff, shall we? I, I think that mm-hmm. you know when you when you approach a and I know you you have spoken to other ADHD groups and and been a part of other um, ADHD organizations. When you think about systems from an ADHD perspective. Um, you know, where, where do you take that kind of a conversation? I mean, we're talking about businesses, but this is, this is almost more about, you know, our, our deep personal relationships with systems. They can be scary. Um, so, so where do you start when you think about the systems that you, uh, you know, you coach around and how to, how to get people thinking from a systems approach? One, before we even start, um, doing any kind of system, there's this mindset piece that systems don't have to be restrictive and rigid and generally a burden. Yes, very often the conventional system, so to speak, this is what they do. And it's especially hard for the ADHD folks. But a system, something that supports you, A, absolutely has to be in place. B, doesn't have to be horrible and hateful. In fact, um, as long as the system is engaging, that's probably the keyword. As long as the system is engaging enough, or on the other hand, as long as the system is so well made, it's barely felt, the systems are a blessing. So before you come and set up any kind of systems, uh, before you even start, 
you need to realize these two things. One, having a good system is inevitable to your quality of life, like Nikki said. Two, it's completely possible. And if you build, you know, dependent on, you know, um, the task, if you build a system that's either really engaging and like you look forward to using it and it's fun uh, and it kind of, you know, gives you the dopamine rushes or you use a system that you don't even feel that it's there. Like, you know, um, great payment systems are usually built this way. Then the system would support you. It would be to your benefit. So that's one thing. Another thing is like, where do you start? Once you figured that mindset, once you kind of got yourself ready to start and convinced yourself that system is not an evil thing, it's actually great. You start uh, where it hurts. You, you know, there's a mechanism, like how do you figure out on the emotional level, which system you tackle first? You start with something that causes you either guilt or avoidance or resentment. This is, this is where you probably will do well to think about a system to put in place. Now I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. So the word system is used a lot. Uh, you know, a lot of people will inquire about services and, and they'll say, you know, I'm looking for new systems or I need systems. And, and I think it's interesting. I love that you, that you actually are saying, you know, start where it hurts, but I want us to actually even dive a little deeper in what a system is. Like, what does that mean? Like, if I'm procrastinating too much, then do I build a system around that? Like, can you give us an example of, of, of how to see, like, how does this work? How do we see what a system is? Oh, absolutely. Um, so first of all, on the kind of abstract level, uh, a system is a container and a process, not one or the other. It has to be both. So to give you an example, if you have a calendar, a calendar is a container. And I love giving this example just because everybody's familiar with it, be it a paper calendar, an electronic calendar, whatever, you know, whatever you prefer to use. You have a container. It could be wonderful, colorful, fully automated, or, you know, made out of the finest paper that is really pleasant to touch. If you don't have a process for using it, namely, you schedule your meetings on a regular basis, something comes to your attention that needs to be put on a calendar, you put it on a calendar, or you have a regular planning session with yourself, even if you're not an entrepreneur, even if you're a stay-at-home parent and you need to plan activities for the week, um, or if you're a corporate worker and you need to make sure, you know, stuff gets done, whether in the office or at home, if you don't put your things on your calendar, you don't have a good system. It, the container without a process is useless. Uh, and on the other hand, you know, a process without a container. So like, great, I need to schedule meetings, but I have five different things where I write down my meetings. I have my sticky notes and I have this iCal on my phone, but not everything goes there and there are no reminders. And I also, I have this notebook that I write stuff down. When you don't have a good container, the process itself, even if you write down every meeting that you have, is also kind of useless. So a system is, you know, these two things together. And that could be applied to anything. It could be applied to money. For instance, you can have either a spreadsheet or a shoebox. I actually had a client that kept her receipts in a shoebox. Or it's an elaborate software, like 17 Hats seems to be all the rage right now. But you have, you know, you have a container where you put all your, you know, incomes and expenses and such like, and you have a method 
a process where you go and say, put in your receipts at the end of the week or, you know, charge a client at, you know, certain intervals of time uh, or whatever it is that you do. So you have a process and you have a container that you use that together is a system to your question about procrastination. That's actually very tricky because when it comes to procrastination, the reasons could really, really vary. It could be because I procrastinate in general or because I have no sense of time. It could be that I procrastinate on certain things because I hate getting out of my comfort zone uh, and, you know, saying, you know, calling my aunt and asking how she feels is really not a pleasant task because she is going to ask me when I'm going to get married. Something along those lines. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So for that, yes, you could put a system in place. Or in fact, you probably should. But beforehand, you need to understand what causes your procrastination. Uh, it could be, you know, your time management skills, or it could be your psychological state in general or on a certain matter. Yeah, that's a great distinction. Mm-hmm. I I love this idea of uh, of the the container and the process, and it's spoken yeah. like a true engineer uh, that that delights me. Guilty, uh, guilty right? Uh, that that is it is absolutely perfect. I'm I am uh, that that is a, a kind of language I could see really naturally integrating uh, in into my own thinking when I question my own systems. Um, but you know, I I get back to you know when we're talking about this ADHD context and and Nikki too when you think about the system. That that work and don't work with your clients, uh, it, it's it's not so much when the system breaks down because you know of my uh, you know of, of time management, but but it's it is more often my emotional response to that, right? It's my emotional oh, response yes. to to you know how I'm you know to the systems that have broken down, and and that tends to be. Um, something that that I really reflect on. So when we think about qualities that make a good system, if you expand on on this idea of um, you know systems as containers and processes, what is it that makes good systems uh, systems that are resilient to these kinds of challenges that people with ADHD tend to find? Nikki, does that make sense? Is that a is that a good way to frame the experience you have with your clients too? Oh, absolutely. Well, and I think that just to add, I would love to hear what Marina has to say about what uh, kinds of things or qualities needs need to be in place. But I also just want to say uh, to your point, Pete, about the emotional piece. A lot of times, what I do with my clients is is have that conversation of separating themselves or their self worth from the tool that they're using. So in, in using Marina's, um, language, the container, right? That that's just the container. It's just the tool. It's not who they are. So trying to separate the guilt and the shame, um, and, and not dwelling on the past, but what, what can you do today and, uh, you know, and, and going forward. So I just wanted to, to say that. That's an excellent point that I never thought of. Thank you for that insight. That separation between who you are and the system that you use, uh, mm-hmm. I, it would never occur to me that, you know, um, thank you. It's, for me, <laughs> systems are basically, you know, I use an, like I use a hammer to drive a nail down and I would never identify myself with a hammer or with a nail or with a process. Uh, but thank you for bringing to my attention that there is, you know, systems for running our lives are a little more complex. And often people 
get entangled in that. There are mm-hmm. emotions going mm-hmm. in that, you know, using system reflects on their self-worth. And I did notice that in my work. So I really, really appreciate that. You're your welcome. Question. We always learn something new, right? <laughs> oh, totally. Absolutely. Uh, to your question, you know, what makes a system a good system, especially for um, the ADHD folks? The question is so common. I actually made a cheat sheet. So I'm looking at it now. <laughs> and and uh, I'm going to kind of go one by one. There are five key areas that I have identified over time, just throughout now, my work. Before you start, can we have this on our website in the show notes so people can oh, absolutely. refer back yeah. to it? Okay, Please. awesome. So if yeah. you are listening to this in your car, you do not have to feel like you have to grab a piece of paper and pencil real quick. So <laughs> it'll right. be in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, stay with your uh, hands on the wheel and your eyes. Yes, on the road. please. <laughs> I don't want you, you know, your accident on my conscious. So first of all, the system needs to be easy to use. What does it mean a system is easy to use? Uh, in our age, we most often deal with information. So when I mean easy to use, what I really, really uh, geared towards is easy to enter information. So for instance, Pinterest, right? If you click pins in order to, you know, renovate your house, renovate your kitchen, it's a great way to enter information. Just click and pin and save and that's it. And there's like, if you have a little button on your browser, it's even easier. Uh, Another ease of use characteristic is easy to find information. So for instance, a good search function, Uh, or sometimes it's just a handful of really well-organized folders. For example, Gmail has a beautiful search function in it, and some people use it just as their reference library. Evernote as well. Brilliant search functions. So, so, so well. Which brings me to the next point, how easy it is to understand the information once you found it in a system. Mm -hmm. Uh, I already mentioned, you know, the Gmail. And if you put in a couple keywords, it gives you a list of emails. That is fairly easy to navigate and easy to understand. An even better example is, let's say you are running finances, you know, a financial report, either for your home budget, how many people do that, or for your business. If your system is set up in such a way that, let's say you're a visual person and there is a very easy pie chart or like, you know, bar chart that says, 35% of your income came from, you know, selling this product and 25% came from your day job and, you know, however the rest is distributed and you can see at a glance, you know, what's there and you can understand it the way you process information. That's an easy to use system. If you're an audio person and your system of, you know, saving information and say preparing for a great presentation is saving audio files. Easy. It should be easy for you to enter, like enter them to a folder. Easy to find, as we said before, like an Evernote, by the way, great, great way to, um, to store audio information as well. Google Drive, again, great, great, great way to do so in folders. If you put in keywords and you see like a handful of audio files, because this is how you process and you understand what's written and your name's there, you know, you, you set up the naming um, of your files in such a way that it's easy to understand. All this together makes the system easy to use. So again, that's the first part, easy to use, easy to enter, easy to find, easy to understand what the heck you found. 
I think there's, I, I, I really, I think those are, are great. I think the, it doesn't get to this question, uh, some of these points do, but it doesn't get to this question that I run into all the time, which is the the, the keyword here, uh, not just what makes a good system for ADHD, but what makes the system resilient. Uh, and so on, on a couple of those points, like Evernote and Google and Gmail search, absolutely, because I know that if my filing system breaks down in Evernote or in Gmail, that I'll still be able to go to that search bar and type without having to have done anything to maintain my system, and I'll likely find what I want. I guarantee you, if I am feeling super compromised in with, with my ADHD, I will never rename files. I will forget that, and they will be gone. So, so those are, that is a, a, a is for me. It makes not a a highly resilient system because it counts on me to do something that is super detail oriented that I'll likely forget. And if my system breaks down, I'm not going to be able to pick that up. So, how do you counsel people through some of these that require the the detail kind of maintenance? Oh, so we only touched on one out of the five rules of what makes a system a good system. That's All just right. one piece. <laughs> and you're asking an excellent question, like how the heck do I make it resilient? And resilient could be not just my computer won't crash uh, or will crash and I have it on the cloud. So it's resilient against, you know, this technical problem. It's emotionally resilient. Like you said, like I'm not going to rename anything. So there are a couple things that you can help in, you know, making a system resilient for everyone, but for ADD folks especially. Uh, one rule is that a system has to be really fun. What does it mean? It means that, you know, to use your name and example, if you spend a little bit of time in your wheelhouse, which is probably, you know, the creative work, and you set up a good naming convention, something that would be clear and fun, and I'm sure you can do that, and as, as information goes in, you enjoy using your names because you made them quirky and instead of, you know, quirky and clear, right? And instead of calling um, your file CB1.3 point blah, blah, um, you know, you put something like conquer the world one class two, you're more likely to use the right names. Another, you know, way of making a system fun, use colors. Uh, use humor. I see, for instance, um, and that actually brings me to your next point, feedback loops, you know, a system for planning and reviewing your plans and, you know, correcting course, especially when it comes to doing it for more than one person. Make this feedback loops pleasant. You know, if you have a meeting, bring a decadent drink there. Make a tradition of, you know, telling funny stories. And each time it will be somebody's turn. Do something that makes it engaging. Make a system fun to use. Um, for example, I'm now using um, a platform for social media that's called Edgar. And they're really, really good, both because it's, you know, very well built, but also the language that they use. It's kind of humorous and quirky. And you feel like you're in a little, I wouldn't go as far as to say a stand-up comedy show, but the way they speak, you kind of want to hang out with that little octopus that's their icon. I know what it's, you mean because I use it too. <laughs> I like that little right. octopus. <laughs> right? So it's fun. It's like yeah. it's easy to use. It, you have a little click on your browser when you need to put stuff into Edgar uh, or, you know, 
I won't go into the other technical details, but it's easy to use. And it's fun because they talk to you in kind of a nice way. So you're almost looking forward to, you know, spending time. Uh, that's one thing. A couple more. You know, I mentioned feedback loops. And I did it on purpose because one other rule, and that would be our third, there are two more to go. So the third rule would be built-in accountability factor. It's easiest to do with a partner. You know, you can't always have a partner for whatever system you create. But for instance, if you need a system for meal planning, and I'm speaking as somebody who deeply, from the bottom of my heart, hates meal planning, and I'm really not into cooking very much. If I'm accountable to my family and I'm accountable to my husband, my system would be more likely to happen. I'm way more likely to actually sit there and spend some time thinking, okay, what are we going to eat this week? Uh, what is my child going to eat this week? Because as children go, she probably won't, you know, won't eat fancy food as we adults would. So that accountability, whether it's in business or in your personal life, that is huge for creating the habit of using your system. I agree. I, I just want to say real quick, I mean, I, I totally agree with that. And Pete and I have talked a lot about accountability um, over the past years. And and I think it's especially true, and you may be going to this when you are talking about habits, but I think it's especially true when you're starting something new or you're starting a new system that it's very difficult to uh, not have that accountability and to only rely on yourself. Um, but that extra accountability can go a long, long way. So, Oh my goodness. You're so, so right. It's true. I think David Allen once said about his principles, like it's true for running a household. It's true for running a company. It's true for running a country. And this accountability thing is like that. It's, it's, it works for, you know, creating a habit of putting your glasses in place and it works for creating a habit of I don't know. What, what's the habit for world domination? Pete, do you have any contribution there? <laughs> what's the habit for world domination? I don't Pete. know. Do you think about a habit, a good habit for world domination? Come on. Am, well, I, am I revealing too much here? No, you, no I, of course I do have an answer to that. And that is to get a shaded silver Persian cat that you can pet on your lap. You always start with the cat. And then a good chair. <laughs> But That's everybody you, knows a big chair, a, a big yeah, fluffy chair. A, a truly villainous, villainous uh, world-dominating leader needs a fluffy white cat. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it can't step. be cute. It has to be a maniacal <laughs> cat, like a really maniacal, aloof cat. That anyway, you were saying number four: a system has to be flexible, especially true for um, ADD folks. Why? Because from what I learned, and you guys know way more about it than I do. So if I'm wrong, do correct me. I saw that there is the right amount of choice that is essential to make a person gifted with ADD use a system. Too much choice, we get overwhelmed and we don't do anything. We get paralyzed. No choice at all, you know, we get defined. So there has to be some built-in choice. In other words, the system has to be flexible. So you don't feel that if you haven't done something that you plan to do, you're screwed and that's it. Uh, like you talked about habits, Nikki, and you said how hard it is to acquire a new habit, especially if you're only accountable to yourself. Um, and it's kind of part of this because you will, you know, break a habit in the beginning. You will have days when you're not going to go to the gym, although you plan to. You will have days when you're not going to send this email, although you had everything to do it. So you need some built-in flexibility to say, okay, I'm really not in the mood to go to the gym today, but 
I'm going to do some stretches in front of a TV and I'm going to move that block on my calendar to Friday morning because I have some time there. I'm going to reschedule. Or, you know, I really can't right now spend money no, on that mattress, although I know I really need it. But I, I have enough control in my system and my finances. I'm flexible enough. I would, have, I would have the money next month because, you know, this month, I don't know, a dentist bill came up. So in a good system, there needs to be this flexibility, this ability to move things around a bit, not too much, but a bit. Because it, A, gives you the right amount of choice and doesn't feel very restrictive. So you don't feel this resistance against using it. And on the other hand, you know, life is flexible. Life is fluid. So why the heck the system that reflects our lives should not be fluid, right? It just makes sense. And, you know, I think that the challenge, uh, one of the biggest challenges, and we just did a podcast on this not too long ago, is the all or nothing thinking uh, with the ADHD mind. And so it's, it's, they can so easily fall into it has to be this way or it doesn't work. And so I think adding in that it has to be flexible um, is is going to be difficult. I mean, I think that that it's also that mind shift of thinking, okay, this flexibility is a, is a positive thing. And, and if it doesn't go, if I don't exercise on Tuesday, it doesn't mean that the system failed. It doesn't mean that I failed, that I'm choosing to, to reschedule that. Or I'm like you said, I'm doing the exercises at home in front of the TV instead. And so, um, I guess my point is just for the listeners is to be aware of that all or nothing thinking when you're looking at your systems and trying to, to, I guess not buy into the fact that they need to be flexible, but that, that it's a positive thing that it doesn't have to be so rigid. Um, and I think that goes really way back to the beginning of our conversation when you were saying systems aren't bad, they're not to be afraid. You know, we don't want to fear them. Right. I mean, they're really here to help us. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Because frankly, I cannot see anyone operate without some sort of a system. It's just not how we humans work. And if you fear systems and if you, you know, defy them because I hate systems and I don't do them and I always screw up, uh, you're kind of, you know, I would probably go as far as to say you're not living your life to the fullest. You're not realizing your full potential uh, because you're spending time and energy on stuff that is pretty mundane and annoying and boring. And especially for ADD folks, we don't want to do boring. Like who wants to do boring? We bored, we get bored easily. So a system has to go along with that mindset of a living thing. A living thing cannot be rigid. So to, you know, the last thing that I want to add in terms of what system is a good system, you have to have reminders. Amen. Right? <laughs> <Electronic> <laughs> right. Reminders that pop up on our phones and our calendars that tell you, pick up the laundry. Or send that invoice. Actually, invoice is a whole other matter because, you know, um, that could be automated. Uh, but before you automate it, just at least put reminders on. We don't need to keep stuff like this, you know, mundane admin minutia in our heads. We have electronics for that these days. So a good system absolutely has to have reminders to remove that need to remember things uh, and free up space for creating in our brain. 
Well, and I just have to say and stop worrying about what you think you should remember and what you shouldn't remember. Like that frees that up too. Like that judgment can just go away. Don't even worry about it. But it put it in your phone and don't look back. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> right. It's just it used to be like, oh, you don't remember my phone number? And we're way past these days, right? Like we don't remember any phone numbers whatsoever. I don't remember my phone number. I know, right? Yeah. Somebody yeah. like my computer, my phone, my whatever, electronic brain remembers it. That's not my job anymore. Uh, this is this is great stuff. And I think that just the the reminders of of you know good systems and, and going back to this point of of resilience, because that allows you to recover your systems when you are compromised, whether it is, you know, and it, whether you are emotionally compromised or, um, you know, just because of other events that happen that have taken your attention away. If you have a system in place, you understand it, you can rebuild from it much more easily. I, I love that approach. And uh, and sure appreciate your uh, time joining us to talk about this, uh, Marina. Can you do you want to tell us just as we wrap up? Uh, obviously, we've already mentioned your company, Vision Framework. Do you anything in particular you want to introduce uh, our listeners to uh, about your work? Oh, thank you, Pete. First of all, it's awesome hanging out with you guys. I already said that, so I want to say that again. It's really, really, I'm having a great time here, uh, and I'm learning a lot from you too. You know, I'm just like soaking up. The stuff that you say about resilience, about identifying yourself, or not identifying yourself with a system. It's like, I, you know, it's really illuminating. Um, thank you for asking about the stuff that I do. Come visit me at my virtual home. It's vision-framework.com. And while you're at it, I have a free class that guides people through figuring out what system they should start with. Like if you don't have systems, and you're not sure what to tackle first because there's so many of them and everybody tells you, oh, you have to have system for that. You have to have systems for this. So I have a class that throughout a couple of sessions, I believe there are five of them, um, basically, you know, asks you a series of questions and tells you where you should start, which systems is most crucial in your particular case. Um, I'll set up you know, I'll send you a link so you can put it in show notes, but it's on my website. You know, it'll pop up at you Excellent. if you just come to Vision Framework. So, yeah, thank you oh, for having that. me. Yeah, I run thank into that. I mean, I all, run into that all the time. Oh, you just need a system for this. Well, of course, we need a system for this. How do you even start? I love that whole concept. Just really terrific stuff. Well, and I also love that we kind of defined what that means because I think sometimes it's used so broadly. Yeah. It's like organizing. I mean, it's the same thing with, you know, I want to get organized, but what does that mean? Organized what? Where? What? You know, so I'm so glad we talked about that too. So great stuff. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Marina Darlow, Vision visionframework.com. Uh, and Nikki, as always, it is a treat hanging out with you. So good to be back here, uh, and I can speak, and I'm healthy, Not and coffee. we can podcast <laughs> regularly. Uh, that is right. the, the the news of the day. So thank you so much, Nikki. On behalf of Marina and Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll catch you next week, reliably, systematically, right here on the ADHD Podcast. <laughs>